Ladies and gentlemen, our wonderful Audible viewers, welcome into episode 49 of the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Summers. Alongside me today in the Record Eagle Podcast studios, James Cook, Jake Atnip, Jake the baby-faced Atnip. He's still getting carded. The 5 o'clock shadow that started last Tuesday is finally long enough to register his facial hair. Just starting to peek through. And not even carded for booze, carded for cigarettes. Yeah. That's an even younger carded. Still looking like I'm 18 years old. Hey, it, it doesn't bother me. It keeps me young, keeps me fresh. And whenever when I walk in the room, everybody doesn't respect me. It's really nice. I mean, imagine how young you'd look if you didn't use tobacco products. Right? Everybody, that like puts You'd look age like you were me. 12. You'd be fighting 7 and 4's Harrison Beebe for the most baby faced sports personality in Northern Michigan. You know, that's probably not wrong. I'm, I'm glad that I. I'm glad that there is somebody above me already. At least there's a standard to like live up to. Because I, I know oh, you guys are fighting it out. He can't grow. He, he, I think this is better facial hair than what Harrison can grow. Harrison actually sent me a Snapchat the other day of a side by side of him just recently versus him on air a few years ago, and he'd actually aged. It was crazy. <laughs> he had aged. It's like it's the, like he, he didn't look the same it's, anymore. It's not the Chronicles of Narnia where he came in, he came out, and he was the same age. <laughs> I'll, I'll get there eventually. I'm not. I'm in no rush to age and get all wrinkly and, you know, with what about you with the Mr. Receding hairline? I don't need any of that. Hey, it, you know, it happens. I'd, be, I'd, I'd rather have all the hair stay off my face and stay on my head than just grow out of my face because everybody tells me that's annoying enough to shave every day anyways. So you, you nobody likes then, being, you, then you just have a nice beard. The, the, the process between me not shaving and getting to that beard not only would be much longer than I would ever want it to be, but it would not look very nice. Jake couldn't win a no-shave November contest if he started in January, so... That prob- that literally is probably <laughs> true. I think there would still be a nice bald spot underneath the chin, and I wouldn't get anything, you know, higher than my lower lip, so there's no way for it to work out. James, you've you have had... a bald you, spot on your chin? Yeah, right here. Right, right, right <laughs> at the bottom underneath. It's like got the a little anti-soul bald patch? Yes, it li- but it's like... It, if I had, like, a chin strap or something, I guess it would work well, but that ain't... It, the facial hair is chin not strap, happening. Chin strap. You told me that whatever. <laughs> yeah, way eight back years when. Ago, yeah. That's how you started eight your ten, beard. Yep, yep. Everybody's got to start their Embarrassingly beard somewhere. Embarrassingly so. Yeah, that was not a good career move. I've had a goatee at once, and that was. I, I kind of looked like one of the like old rock rock guitarists who just had like the long scraggly like twelve hairs coming out of each side <laughs> of your chin. <laughs> Did you braid them? I used to play with them a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Twist them up. Put one of the hair ties in there, like I'm Dimebag Daryl. That'll be okay. Maybe even get a little a, a little red spritz on the end of it. Mm-hmm. James, what, real hard. What's the last time you changed up your uh, your facial features? I mean, you get, you've, you've been rocking this goatee for a while. Well, yeah, there was one time though. It was about a year ago where I where I screwed you did go. Up. You went clean, didn't I you? I screwed up and had to had to shave it off because I went to go trim my beard. and I didn't have the guard on, and that took a little bit of the stash part off of it. <laughs> Whoops! And then, and then I pretty much had to just go. <laughs> Take the rest of it off. Uh, that only lasted like about a month, though. Like within a month, I had the whole thing back. As you were but, doing that, though, once you made the mistake, I mean, did you start like styling a little bit and take in between pictures of all these different ridiculous uh, mustaches that you could have kept? I should have, but you I should have. I shouldn't. I, I, you know, like, like seriously, like Cena started crying. Like she was, she was like in the bathroom at the time. And she was ready she to file for divorce. She, she was just like she'd never seen me without a goatee. Before wow. In my life. And you guys have been together how long now? 10 years. 
Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah, and she'd never seen me without a goatee. She was, she was just like pretty much in tears. Who is this man that I married? <laughs> yeah. We used to have a uh, one of our other sports writers used to call uh, call my goatee. Well, not mine specifically, but just goatees in general. He would call them. Uh, I think I got to tread lightly here. A crap ring. A crap ring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can fill in. He, I can he, fill in the. You uh, would not use the term crap. I can say that I can grow a pretty decent mustache. I'm pretty sure I showed you the photo, you but show I, I'll me. show James right now. I do look extremely, extremely creepy, creepy with said mustache, but I can grow a decent mustache. Oh, man. <laughs> you look like, uh, I don't know, a bad 70s cop. Yeah, if I put some aviators we, on. We should probably yeah. tweet that photo out with the podcast link later, Jake. <laughs> oh, That's maybe, what I'm saying. Maybe, or I can put the, the big frown face next to it. That works out. <laughs> I had the goatee at one point, and the goatee was not... This. See, look, you can see the bald spot right in the middle. Yeah. Right there. It's perfect. Yeah, you could totally play like a corrupt cop. Yeah. But in the 70s, though. In the you know, 70s. And yeah. it, I would have been a young corrupt cop, so at least I'm still not you know, an old wrinkly bag. I'll be okay until I'm at least 50 or 60, hopefully. The good news for all you listening at home is that you can't see any of our mustaches, beards... Any of those kinds of facial features, you just have to listen to our soothing voices, which have a wonderful show for you today. Before we get into the rundown, though, I did want to mention that uh, starting next week, our milestone 50th Get Around podcast, uh, we have a fantastic guest lined up, Detroit Red Wings left winger Andreas Athanasiu. I sat down with him for about 15 minutes during training camp, and We've got a few autographed Red Wings hockey pucks to give away. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, exciting stuff. We've got some, we got some swag to give out, and we are going to do that, as I said, starting next week. That episode will drop September 25th, and we are going to give the first puck away based on the podcast reaching 100 retweets on Twitter. We will then go through those original first 100 retweeters and randomly select one of you to win a puck we will have further details coming up next week as far as the second puck and third puck that we're going to be giving away a big thank you to the red wings to andreas for sitting down with the get around we're super excited for that milestone episode number 50 i think we should hype that up a little more hype up what i haven't mentioned yet no what do what we just mentioned next week it's our 50th episode. Hell That's a yeah. big deal. Hell yeah, they're keeping us around. That's what I mean. That's a big deal. We got ourselves sponsored. We're about to have a Red Wing on the podcast. So you know big things are coming for the get around. We're, we're, we're looking at this with a new set of eyes. When you turn 50, we're not baby-faced anymore. That's this, right. This podcast ain't We are experienced. Exactly, exactly. But having, I know having uh, Andreas on here, your interview, spectacular. I hope everybody tunes in because I know... Who doesn't love to hear a little bit of preseason talk from one of the one of the guys we know is going to be on the team? Well, and the good, great thing about the interview, too, it's not going to be heavily focused on preseason Red Wings hockey. We get to know Andreas a little bit, ask some fun questions, learn a little bit about uh, the young player who Detroit, especially with the retirement of Henrik Zetterberg, the organization is going to be expecting big things out of this kid. So, yes, we're super excited to have him. We're going to get started a little early with these giveaways. This week, 
no pucks. We're going to give away some Jimmy John's subs because, of course, the Get Around podcast is sponsored by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. We're going to give away two sandwiches to either Traverse City location, and we're going to take a similar tact with the puck giveaways that we're going to have starting next week, but we're, we're going to... We're gonna set a little bit of a lower bar. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go with the first twenty retweets, and we'll pick a random winner of those two Jimmy John's subs from those first twenty. We appreciate all you listening. We hope we can recruit more of you to listen. We enjoy putting on this show, and you know, from things that I hear of those who do listen to our show, they like it. So hopefully, that means others will as well. But, I've I've heard some pretty decent things. Yeah, these yeah. are. I mean, we don't want to toot our own horn too decent. much, but uh, but yeah, we're we're gonna be trying some new things here in the upcoming weeks. That was the opening business to take care of. Let's get into the rundown. We're gonna kick off things with the Patriot game, of course. The Traverse City West, Traverse City Central battle last Friday at Thurlby Field. Ten thousand people, maybe more, on a beautiful night there to witness the ceremonies regarding all of those who have served to fight for this country. And then, of course, Traverse City West comes away with a big win, knocking off the previously unbeaten Trojans 21-14. to Can't say I didn't tell you so. That's right. Our very own Jake Atnip, he he made the call last week in our trifecta when we gave our predictions. It was close. It It was was a good game, like we all called, but Jake ultimately had that correct. It wasn't the right score. I did say, I think I I predicted 13-10. to yeah, I might have let James's little prediction of saying there's going to be a lot of kicking going on squeeze into my brain thinking there's only extra points, James. No field goals, and even I, that, I just West hit those extra points. I thought you, th- I mean, you thought Central was going to be kicking the ball, especially on that first touchdown they had, and they missed the two point conversion. Then we will get into some midseason player of the year talk. We're going to be going over a couple of sports each of the next few weeks. Today we're going to go with boys soccer and volleyball, kind of take a look at who's been standing out so far to this point in the season and who might be in line for that Player of the Year award come the end of the fall season. We've got a little bit to touch on from Wings Camp, of course. That's still going on. It does conclude Tuesday. We've got an interview with Traverse City West's Alan Rosa, who played a big key in the Titans' win on Friday. He was the Titans' leading rusher. And then we'll get into the Get Around Hall of Fame and the Trifecta. We're going to get back to our roots a little bit in that one, have some fun. So stay tuned. We've got the, uh, we've got the great show lined up. So as I said at the top with the Patriot game, 21-14, Traverse City West. Physically a dominating performance from the Titans. Impressive what its defense was able to do in limiting central quarterback Tobin Schwanke and the offensive line putting that game-winning drive together, eating up over eight and a half minutes a clock, just three, four, five yards at a time, running it down Central's throat to win the game. I was surprised, I guess, that uh, that Central's offense was held down so much. You have told me such great things about Tobin Schwanick, and it's nothing against him. Um, it's more against or more for the Titans' defense. You know, you've told me. Uh, bo- both of you guys have told me how explosive Tobin Schwanicki is on the football field. He is a difference maker, if not the difference maker on that Trojan team. And he wasn't, he really wasn't a factor, if you ask me, except for a couple different spurts here and there. He had a couple good throws, but... It was really a three-minute window to end the first half when the Trojans put all 14 points. 
that they scored on the board. But yeah, West West did a great job. But so what I want to ask you guys, we got a few questions reaction wise from what played out Friday night. Did West just make themselves the BNC favorite despite that one and two start? I th- I, I don't think so. Um, no, no, I I still think Central has a good shot at taking the BNC, but. That yeah. would that would mean West losing two before the end of the year. Oh yes, of course. But we're looking at a Gaylord team that's four and zero right now. Uh, they've you we we mentioned you know uh, their running back uh, Cade Foster. Cade, yeah, Cade Foster. You. Yeah, he had just ridiculous stats this week. Um, you know, but I mean, look at West defense. Yeah, I mean, it depends what the I, the West defense is for real. I, I just don't know if I would put them as a favorite. And well, even that's all I know. That's that's what I know from this yeah. game is. If Central can only put up 14 points on the board, you're going to need a pretty special game plan for anyone else remaining on the Titans' schedule to put up any kind of real offensive threat. And it's not just Central who put up 14 points. They, they haven't let up more than 15 points all season. You know, two touchdowns is as much as you're going against that, that Titan defense. And the only reason I just wouldn't put them in the favorite conversation yet is because we haven't seen their offense do everything that it has to do. They did it against Central this past weekend, and, you know, Coach Vaughn, oh, the dam broke. They were able to pound it, but I think that had a lot to do with the, the energy of the game. It had a lot to do with, I think, you know, Traverse City really had the momentum. Traverse City West really had the momentum the entire game. You know, I don't really feel, even when Central took the lead, that they took the momentum because just the way that it was, they kind of went into half, and it all kind of got washed away. West had the momentum the whole game, so I, I just don't – I can't put them as my favorite until I see their offense – to kind of dominate a team. James, Jake mentioned 4-0 Gaylord. The Blue Devils have wins over Lansing, Sexton, Gladstone, Alpena, and Ogama Heights through four weeks. Is that Does that show enough to say that Gaylord is a contender, or do you think Central can rebound from this and, and you know run the table and hope West loses two games, or, or do you think West is the favorite? I, I, th- I think West has made themselves the favorite with that win. I mean, yeah, they, get, they have stumbled twice now, and, you know, Maybe Gaylord gives them a game. I think I think Gaylord's in the conversation. Uh, you know, Central obviously has a loss now, so they are a step behind. They have to hope that somebody else can knock off West, not just once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, Alpina, Petoskey, Cadillac. You know, are not bad teams, but I just don't see any of them beating Central or West. If, if you're going to go by early season results at this point, the biggest roadblock now left on West's schedule is Gaylord, and that's in Week 8. Traverse City Central plays Gaylord this week, Week 5, uh, so that maybe will tell us a little bit more uh, about what's to come. Yeah. But Probably. I'm kind of with James here. I think, I think this win by the Titans made West the favorite to win the Big North. Could I see a co-championship? Yes. But looking at what West has remaining on their schedule, Alpena, Cadillac, Petoskey, Gaylord, and a non-conference game, which doesn't affect the BNC mm-hmm. against Flint, Carmen, Ainsworth, I, I don't see two losses there for the Titans based on the performance that I saw them give at Thurlby on Friday. I guess I could, I could go with that, too. It's just I, 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 I won't put a favorite title on them until they show me that they can beat everybody. And just because they beat Central, to me, doesn't mean that they can beat Gaylord or Cadillac or Alpena. And, you know, they've lost a couple close games. And just because you hold the team down to 14 points, if your offense can't score 15 points, it isn't going to work. So I think they need to see a little bit more of a diversified attack. I know the coach even said... Yeah, West they, only threw the ball three times, yeah. and one of them was on a fake punt. And Exactly. And I, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't do it for me 
overall because at some point you're going to need big playability, especially in those week eight or nine games or even once you get into the, you know, even into the districts, if you can make it out of your things. It's just, you, I need a little bit more for me to say that I'm going to put them at the top of the league because I haven't seen a good 4-0 Gaylord team play. See, I'm not, I'm not sure about that because yeah, you're talking thing. about when the weather starts getting colder and that offensive line punching the defensive line in the mouth 50, 60 times. Man, defenses are going to wear out, and you saw that. That's exactly what played out Friday at Thurlby. I mean, Central's defense played well for the most part for the whole game. But that last drive, they could not stop them. Yeah, they couldn't do anything. They knew what was coming. We knew. I asked Coach Vaughn after the game how many play calls he actually made on that final drive, and he said, well, with variations and whatever, you know, I'm not exactly sure. But it wasn't very many. Well, no, they, I mean, they, he even said, he's like, I, they know it's predictable, but I'm, we're just going to shove it down your throat. Like, yeah, 14 straight times. They ran the ball. Four, that drive was 14 Between the plays. tackles. Yeah, 14 plays, 79 and yards, and never outside. Between the tackles, every Between single tackles. time. And never for less than two yards. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting and there trying. And only, like, twice more, more than 10. So, I mean, they're just pounding yeah. Four, five, six yards. And every three time. and three times they converted third downs. Yeah. Yeah, third and threes, third and fours. They, well, there they was a third like there that. was a third and five too that yeah. they picked up six. So And and that's a, that's the same type of thing is uh I I I like West and I did I liked them in the central game and I'm I, I you know the way that they came out on top is because their defense and like I, I knew that's what it's gonna be. I guess I guess with my inexperience, I just I don't know how to you're hedging your push, bets a little bit. Uh, maybe a little bit because I don't know if West running the table and winning the the Big North it really says that they're the best team in the Big North either. So we'll have to see. I mean, you know, this this matchup with Central was definitely a good springboard to give them that thing, but I don't think they're looking at it like, hey, we have the season over with and we have the Big North, you know, just because they, they're done with Central. Well, there's your bulletin board material for the rest of the season, Titans. You haven't made a believer out of Jake Atnip just yet. Well, one, and of the, I, one of the things you mentioned, I think, earlier in the season was that uh, when Vaughn was putting in his offense is that it took him a while. They were just, initially, they just, just put the in the very basic plays, yeah. and he wasn't going to move on until they got those plays And that's plays the point, down. and that's what, that's what I'm looking at, but too. But I think this week, they got those plays down, and now you're going to start seeing more and more stuff, and maybe there's your big plays. That's what I'm looking for. There's, there's your stuff. They mastered their 101 course. That was the point of it all. Friday that's night. What, that, that was Vaughn's yeah. whole thing about breaking through the dam. Is we just got to make sure that hammer those basics. And it's a completely different blocking system from what it was last year. Yeah. 100% almost different than, than their whole blocking scheme last year. And, and, it, and it clicked in that game, and it's only going to... And that's what I'm looking for is, is, is almost like you talked about Trevor City St. Francis every once in a while. Every game they'll throw a wrinkle or two in. Or just, I'm looking to see how those wrinkles play out because something like the fake punt that we saw, it, did, it, it should have worked barring Which a penalty. I hated, by the way. Barring a penalty. I hated that play I liked call. it. I, I hated liked it. it. It only made sense to try and go up two scores before half. It, it did not make sense to go up to try to go up two scores with a fake punt in your own end when you had the lead. And if you just punt it away, you're guaranteed the lead at halftime. They All but guaranteed. It. Yeah. Well, it sure looked like they did when Central then you when know, they came back and doubled came it up. back down and scored and made it fourteen seven at the break. But uh, we got a few more of these questions to get through. James, more impressive, the Titans defense or the Titans run game? Oh wow, that that's a tough one. I know. I mean, you know, I, ex- I ex- all of us I think expected maybe more scoring than this from both teams. I mean, 
Not quite. Or, if you look at our predictions from yeah, last week, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. We that all I ex- stayed under twenty points last week. I don't know that I expected yeah. more scoring, but I expected more movement of the ball. And yeah, Central Central did get down uh, into the red zone on their first drive and turned it over on downs on an interception. But for the most part, man, it was tough sledding for the Trojans. Yeah, that, I mean they moved the ball on that last drive to get themselves in position to to get that last ditch effort into. But the, not even really. They moved the ball what. 25, 30 yards. He was still making a 40-yard throw on that last like, play. They moved the ball like 40 yards, but that was on the, you know, they only had the ball for like a minute something, and they ran 11 plays because they were all pass plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Central finished the game with just 106 yards rushing. Usually Tobin Schwanke by himself is good for a buck 50. And then passing, they only added another 161 yards on 32 attempts, which breaks down to, a, I mean, a per temps average that is minuscule almost yep. no impact whatsoever so mm-hmm. I, I mean as, as phenomenal as that west drive was to win the game for me i you know jason morrow the defensive coordinator for the titans i talked to him after the game and you know he said this was the fifth time game planning for tobin schwanke and i i asked him i said well is that kind of play to your advantage yeah, be and he, he said no it was absolutely absolutely makes it harder because Schwanke is that good of a player. Well, they did a good job, and that's all I'll say. And I think that's the biggest thing I was impressed with, which is especially the numbers I've seen from Schwanke, from what I've heard from you guys and from the community about about Schwanke, even with his recruiting and everything about Schwanke. Schwanke didn't look like anything extraordinary against that Titan defense, and it was there that they made it happen. They had him in the backfield multiple times hands on a jersey, three, four guys even hitting him. I mean, I, 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 we were watching some of the defensive ends catch him from behind because there was so much pressure just stretching him out to the mm-hmm. sideline, you know, where guys were getting from behind. And th- I think that West defense is really that what won that game, especially with high, how, how high-powered um, the central offense has been. I don't think the central defense was ever, you know, kind of put up to that West caliber. So we weren't expecting them to, like, hold down a, a Titans rush game. I think we all kind of expected Central to have to outscore West in this game, and the, de- the defense just would not let that happen. And it was interesting how the game changed from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. I mean, Central had that first drive, took the ball, went right down the field, ended up turning over on downs, but, I mean, that was a long, impressive drive. Well, that was an interception, early, wasn't it? But it was and, on fourth down. Oh, yeah, fourth okay, down. yeah, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, early in the game, you're like, well, man, Central is just moving the ball on West. After that drive... Yeah. West just clamped down on Schwanke mm-hmm. and kind of took him out of the game. Not completely, but, I mean, enough Effectively. that he was not what he normally has been. Yeah, because I, I think Central's two scoring drives came on short fields, the one off the fake punt yep. that they got, and then the other was a terrible punt by West that set Central up right at yeah, close at, to midfield. It was, uh, yeah, at the 49-yard line. Well, all I have to say is I think... I mean, I know they're 4-0, but I think if I were Gaylord, I'd be a little nervous because I guarantee you you're going to be getting an upset yeah, an central angry, team coming, coming to Gaylord on Friday. So that'll be interesting to see. And if I was if I was uh, Cade Foster, I don't know that I would want to see an angry Jack Sherwin coming at me. <laughs> and that's another one. I mean, Jack Sherwin, he's a big kid, and you could tell he can make some plays, but defensively, Oh, he made he made a lot of plays. Yeah, defensively. no, no. But what I'm saying is, defensively, they weren't scared of him. 
Well, but they they, they also went, they right, also ran away from him a lot. lot. Oh yeah, yeah. But no, but what I, but they was that game was planning. that was in their game plan to start off with. I remember when I was at practice, I was they were they had a kid in a yellow jersey saying, "This is Sherwin. We're doing this, this, and this, and this." But they were they were hitting double blocking. You know what I'm saying? They were double blocking schemes. They were double teaming him, making sure to take him out of the game. Oh, of and course. I, he's I think the, that's what he, helped. He's a he's a game he's a game plan wrecker, and anybody who plays central is going to have to worry about him, Jake. I know it, Central's my beat, but, yeah. I mean, what are you expecting the rest of the way out of the Trojans? I, I expect big things. I liked what I saw out of them when they had their flashes. That's the first time I got to see them play. But especially with what they've already been able to do to other teams this year, I feel they're, they're going to be able to make a lot of noise. And that's why I can't give TC West the favorite nod in the BNC yet is because even though they have the head-to-head, and now they'll have to lose twice in order to lose it. Well, I, could, well, I believe it's a co-championship format. So but even exactly. if West wins head-to-head, That's what I was if they say. both finish one, they, they have both bragging get it, rights. I'm pretty but sure. They have bragging it's rights, true. but they don't, they don't necessarily have the conference under wraps. And that's why I think Central is definitely able to you know, kind of use this as a, as a hot stove, per se, and make sure that they, they play their way out through the season and, once again, maybe even get West in that district game. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but we're saying... Favorite, not locked up, not has it locked up. Of course, I mean, of course. I, I think at this point, I think, you know, West is the only team in the conference that has a win over one of the other teams that we would say is a contender. Yeah, they're in the driver's seat. The I, know, I know some like it, some don't, but they control their own destiny for yeah. uh, lack they're, of a They're in phrase. the driver's seat. That, I wouldn't say they're a favorite, they're just in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you know, for, I think it's the same thing. For, for me, looking ahead at Central's schedule, Gaylord Petoskey, Alpina, Escanaba, Cadillac, I'm going to say they, that Central runs the table. I see 8-1 and one for the Trojans right now, despite the setback against West. Nothing on that schedule, you know. It doesn't scare me. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't make me fear for what Central has. There's certainly still a playoff team. So, I mean, that's kind of how I see their season winding up. James, I wanted to ask you, because as, as I was going through our Associated Press voting last night, I noticed that you still had Central in your top 10 in Division Two. So my question was going to be, is Central still a top-10 team? Clearly you think so. Why? Well, um, part of it was is that um, doing the, the research for who to vote for last week, the Division Two, the top-10, and the, even the, the teams that received votes last week for honorable mentions, uh, was a lot like the Big Ten this weekend. It was a bloodbath. Don't Why? remind me. <laughs> Five. Don't five. remind me. Brett's Badgers lost. At home. At home against BYU. Five of the top ten teams. <laughs> Give make my Can you say choke? Go. God, they got outplayed so badly. Anyway. But five of the top ten teams lost. And another, I think, three of the next five in the next five vote getters. So basically, so, half so, of the top so fifteen. Eight of the top fifteen teams lost. In Cue two. the SEC fans to be annoying as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know the 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 poll just came out right before we were starting to record this, and Traverse City Central um, is ranked number ten. All right. In Division Two. So they are still a top ten team in the eyes of the state. Yep. And they were playing another top ten team. This weekend, because Gaylord moved into the top ten in Division Three. Very nice. At number ten. Very well, nice. And when you when you do that voting, you do once again. It's just like any other type of voting committee. You take into account it was the rival game with West. Obviously, it was still a good game. You know, it's not like they got blown out. Yeah, they didn't get blown out. They played a good a good quality opponent. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, like at Thurlby with ten thousand people, there, there's added pressures in that game, and no other students from around the state 
probably feel that on a week four game. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to one of the TC Central coaches up in the press box before the game started, and I and I said to him, I said, you know, West is better than one and two. I mean, they, with with the way their defense had played and everything, West is better than a one and two team, and uh, you know. He didn't say anything that disagreed or anything like that, but he was a little surprised. But I do want to mention the one thing that West did shore up in this game was that they were able to punch the ball into the end zone. And I mentioned that in my preview last week. Uh, Didn't really put anything into the story, but they fumbled one time in the second half, three and out right away, and they turned around and came back and scored to tie the game, uh, which obviously they were a little bit disappointed about that. It was Vaughn was even like, I hate to say that we're kind of getting used to doing that and then having to hold the team down instead of letting them score and us score, but they they pounded the ball into the end zone from three, four, or five yards, whatever it was. They didn't turn the ball over in the red zone like they had over the last couple of weeks, and that was the thing about their offense that actually, I think, changed and made the difference with them able to win the game. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the things that I was talking about at halftime in the game was that, that that time when Central went down there and they went for it on fourth down, they were inside the fifteen. I think they were. Yeah, they yeah they were inside around the, the fifteen. the fifteen or at the first the first drive. Yeah, the one where they went for it on fourth yeah. down and threw the interception. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were inside the twenty yard line. Yeah, if they if they uh, you know then West took the ball, goes back down and scores. If if Central kicks a field goal there. They go into halftime leading seventeen to nothing. I think there's a good, I think there's a good West, chance of that because West touchdown is now off the board, and Central has another field goal on there, and they have seventeen points at halftime. You can definitely see the impact of the graduation of Gabe Pickett, who was a All State kicker for the Trojans the last two years. Unfortunately, that puts Central West football in the rearview mirror a bit. We got one more story from Central West. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. We do have one more story. So, Audible viewers, you're very fortunate to have had any coverage of the Patriot game in Saturday morning's paper because as Jake and I were making our rounds around Thurlby, doing interviews, whatnot, Jake finished up a little bit ahead of me. I said, hey, Jake, could you go grab my bag real quick because I'd been standing holding his forever, and it was no. <laughs> anyway. And he comes back and says, because uh, I'd left it on Central Sideline, he said, it's, it's not there. And I, oh, when I asked around, I asked people yeah, who were standing like, there cleaning up. I was like, you pick up a bag. Everybody's like, no idea what you're talking about. I was like, you, you're, you're kidding me, right? So I walk over there. Yep, bag's gone. And uh, so, I mean, I didn't think anybody had stolen it. So my first inclination was to call Central Head Coach Eric Sugars. Well, real quick, I, before, before you tell them yeah, where what, it is, what, what, what was the, what in the bag? the bag? Well, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah. So I call Eric. He's like, we took your – I didn't even get to ask him the question. Somehow he knew. And he said, we took your bag, didn't, didn't we? And I said, yeah. He's like, well, uh, we're at the school right now. I said, okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes to get it. To get it. Hang up. I start walking over to Jake to get him to leave because we had carpooled together. Yeah, big, big to, detail. To Thurlby Field. You know, with all and then parking. I go, oh, crap. Guess what else was in that bag, Jake? My car keys. Laptop, car keys, pieces to your camera. Yeah. Just everything. about everything you Everything need. I could ever need. And uh, so then we had parked in the media slash coaches slash marching band lot, whatever you want to call it there at Thurlby. 
And uh, so then I was worried about my car getting locked in and me not being able to get it, so I had to make sure that they were going to leave that open. James, who's fielding prep calls at the office, has to take a break from that to come get us from the stadium, drive us back to the office. Then Jake and I had to get into his car, go to Central High School where they were waiting to give me my bag, and then we had to get back. And I mean, it, well, then we I'll had just, to go to Thoroughby so we oh, could yeah, let those to, people go yeah, home. Yeah, then we had to go to Thoroughby so that we could get my car and let those people leave. So needless to say... We're really lucky that we had an extended 1 o'clock deadline on Friday night because we would have been utterly and totally screwed. Oh, yeah. They're literally <laughs> we didn't nothing. even make that. <laughs> no, yeah. we didn't. The paper, we didn't send till one twenty four. I believe, was the actual time was when everything got done. But, yeah. Oh, man. Never t- Phone, wallet, keys. You never take them out of your pocket. Those are the three things. I don't put them anywhere else except yeah, for in my pocket. Yeah, but when you got dress pants on, you've only got so much room in your pockets. And no, so Brett, it's like I, I only you bag. only have so much room in your pocket because your thighs are way too thick. <laughs> you don't, your pockets don't exist on the side, only on the back, and even then your wallet doesn't fit in there. All right, well, that officially puts Central and West <laughs> in the rearview mirror, unless, of course, we get that district matchup, which I know all three of us would love to happen. I think Central would probably... Wish for that to happen because, of course, West won last year's Patriot game, too, before Central knocked them out of the postseason. I think West would want that to happen because Central knocked them out of the postseason. That's probably very true. <laughs> but, I, think, uh, I think we just give uh, we just get Brett a fanny pack. No. <laughs> Problem solved. No. Problem solved. No. No fanny, fanny packs. Pack. Oh, fanny packs False. are the no. most useful thing ever if you don't have enough pockets. No. Yes. Can't do it. Jan Won't a do it. Pack. Better than a backpack. Get all oh, sweaty on a backpack. And I don't mind a backpack. I don't. I don't sweat like you, Jake. Well, I have to think of other ways <laughs> to get around things. Okay, like I have. Jake pretty much has to show up to games in t-shirts and shorts so that he doesn't turn into a human sprinkler. Yeah, I, what, what, <laughs> I'm gonna turn into, walk into a presser and just like the whole chair or something will just be gone after a game. It's not. It's not fair. Don't even get me started. But football, of course, is not the only sport going on right now. And as I mentioned, we want to get into our midseason player of the year, and and we're going to get into boys' soccer and volleyball today. There's a few athletes from each of those sports who have really stood out to this point as leading that race for record Eagle player of the year come the end of the fall season. We'll start with boys' soccer, and for me, guys, I mean, he was a candidate last year. I believe he was our offensive player of the year. Uh, it's Leland's Koblund. And maybe the only thing that may hold him back at this point, looking at his numbers, is the fact that Leland is just scoring so many goals and there's so many numbers to go around yeah. that his own teammates might be taking away from from him a little bit well, right now because even, it seems like they're scoring eight goals a game. Well, no, they are. And I was going to say, imagine this, if they actually got to play full games. Yeah, no kidding. They're playing half games a lot of these times, and that, that, that's literally time he's not on the field that he could be doing things. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't I don't have Cobes' official statistics to this point in the season, but Leland is at the top of the up. Northwest Conference right now. Yes, they're they're tearing it up, and Koblund is a huge reason why. So to me, he's he's definitely at the top of my list for you know when you're talking player of the year in progress. Another player who definitely is definitely worth mentioning in this segment here is the freshman from Glen Lake, Henry Freshman, Plumston. yeah. Yes. Highlight freshman here. Yes, he's the young guy from from Glenn Lake, Henry Plumstead, he's already had multiple hat tricks this season. He's been leading the Lakers on offense, both scoring and assisting on I, – I can't get put a percentage on it, but it is, it is a very high percentage of this team's goals. Uh, they've 
done pretty well so far this season. They've had a few setbacks, but whenever Plumstead's playing hot, they're winning games. They've they've mercyed a few teams and they've made it they've made they've made it look pretty easy with the freshmen, you know, leading the way. Yeah, Plumstead uh just in their in their last game, I believe a five three win over North Bay, Plumstead scored four of those goals. And uh, Glen Lake, though one and two in the Northwest, they are five and two overall, and uh, having a nice season at this point. We mentioned Leland before, of course. Koblenz, Comets, they're nine one and one, and three and zero in the Northwest Conference. James, who did you want to throw into the ring as a possi- a possibility for midseason Player of the Year uh, for boys soccer? Uh, I, you know, I think you know TC West has been rolling recently, and. Uh, it- been playing a really tough schedule you know they're you look at their record and and maybe think that oh that's you know they win about two-thirds of their games ish you know so that you know you look at it, people look at it on the surface and and maybe think that they're not a great team but I mean they have been playing an incredibly high level uh, schedule this season um, Ethan Vandermolen and uh, Gavin Michael have been a just a impressive duo for them up top Gavin Michael of course the uh Younger, younger brother, brother of the the Michael twins, uh, mm-hmm. Dalton, who was a Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Michigan, and Mr. Soccer and all that. So mm-hmm. certainly one to watch. But Vander Mullen, you think right now is kind of the leader of that Titans squad. You you've seen them play a little bit. I mean, what what stands out about his game? He's just solid in everything he does. Uh, you know, you get you get some of those players who are who are ball hogs. You get some of those players who are guys who just pass the ball a lot. Uh, and play possession, you know, with their teammates. Um, Vandermolen can kind of do either, whatever the defense is given to him. If there's the space, he'll just take the ball and dribble it through the defense. If if there's not, he'll play the possession tic-tac-toe passing style. Uh, um, so he does, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, and Gavin uh, Michael is, like his older brothers, just really fast. But he's an underclassman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a player that... Uh, you know, as he matures, if he keeps on this trajectory, is somebody who could be uh, somebody right up there with with his brothers and, and a contender for our you know like player of the year for our area. Only thing Coach Matt Grissinger wishes is that he had a twin himself, probably, maybe. And make a double double trouble. <laughs> that would work out. Another player to to certainly look at. Uh, another team at the near the top of the Northwest Conference, Buckley Ridgebeam, and he's having a really nice season for the Bears. A new look Bears team as Buckley is going to have girls soccer in the spring, and uh, so they're not a co-ed group. And of course, a bunch of those guys who played basketball with Ridge graduated from the team who made a, a Final Four appearance in the soccer tournament last season. Ridge is filling in nicely. Yeah, say his his production hasn't dropped any because you know he lost everybody else. He's just now the singular leader on that. He's team. He's such a tenacious player. Let's jump over to volleyball. We'll rise above the net on this one a little bit. We've, we've got quite a few candidates to look at here as far as midseason player of the year. Uh, you've got a number of teams that are playing well. Uh, maybe a team that's struggling a little bit but still has a very solid player of its own, worthy of mention. Uh, but we'll start off with... Uh, well, Jake, you saw her play yeah, I, I just last saw, week. Well, saw, you saw a couple of yeah. girls, but but the one we're going to start with, you saw Leland's Allie Martin lead the Comets to a five-set victory over Kingsley. And yeah. Kingsley had gotten the better of Leland the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, and that was only Kingsley's third loss on the season, but 
um, you know, Ali Martin at the end of that five sets. One word, d- describe if you can. One word. How do how do you describe Ali Martin? I would I would have said tenacious, but you just said that to describe the the Ridge Ridge Beeman. So come on, pull that thesaurus uh, out. I know you got one in there. A word, not a thesaurus. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she's explosive. Honestly, she's all over the place. She was she when she was in the back line when I, when she was playing Kingsley she was digging the ball like she was a, a libero like she looked like she was right in her position but she's actually an outside hitter and when she was getting set up the determination that I saw in her in that fifth set was you know incredible she was fierce exactly fierce she was she was putting it putting it down on on the stags and you know any any time that she really you, you really tell she was gonna get it she was there was no way you were stopping her. They even looked at her and they, they were just like, Allie, it's it's up to you. We're gonna set you up and you need to just you need to knock these down one after the other. And she she stepped up and she did that. That's a that was a really big thing for Leland against Kingsley. Yeah, I haven't seen Allie play yet this season, but man, I just know the swing speed that she has and how hard she connects with the ball. I don't envy anybody who's on the return on on the, on, yeah. on the other side of the net. I know if I was back there, I'd be getting out. I would be getting out the way. Yeah, no, that's something. It literally <laughs> looks like it could knock your teeth out if you got yeah. hit in the face. You yeah, know, absolutely. But she definitely she stepped up and led Leland to that win. That's why I definitely see in her. It's it's not just in her in her play, but also she she was very vocal. She was, you know, kind of in everybody's faces, making sure that everybody was up and going. Even I remember her looking at the bench at one point and being like, let's go. You know, usually they celebrate between the five or six who are on the court and the, the bench does their own thing. But she even just turned to them and was just like flexing, like we're ready to do this. So I think even just her leadership skills showed out in those last couple matches. Martin's counterpart in that match, Kingsley's Jessica Leffler. She was our volleyball player of the year last year, so she's looking for a repeat bid but she actually did get injured in that game against Leland. She rolled her ankle. I mean, what were you seeing out of her prior to the injury? Scariness. <laughs> uh, honestly, <laughs> like Jessica Leffler is an incredible volleyball player. Every, I, no matter where it went up, it, it might have even looked like it wasn't the best pass. Or like she, it, she could, it looked like she was pulling her right arm back and hitting it from the left side of her body because she could, no matter where it was, no matter what it looked like, she was getting up and putting the ball on the floor like with power. Um, every picture that I took, every picture that I saw, you could just see she was in the right position, in the air, um, you know, on top of her game at the entire time. She, she went out the first point of the fourth game is when she rolled her ankle. It was they there was one to zero Kingsley, she rolled her ankle on a or one to zero Leland, she rolled her ankle trying to dig out a ball and then she got pulled from the game. But she, before that in just those three games, she had sixteen kills and sixteen digs, which That's al- impressive. Yes, already dominated. Basically through three sets. Yes, through three sets, sixteen kills, sixteen digs, and it was like, wow. Just that was the first time I got to watch her play and I could see why, you know, she is regarded as one of the best, if not the best, volleyball player that was in the area last year and possibly this year. James, I don't know if you've had the chance to see either of those players play this year, but how do you sort of look at that uh, that duo of Leland's Martin and Kingsley's Leffler as far as how they stack up against one another? Of course, they're they're both outside hitters. Yeah, I see him pretty much as 1A and 1B, and I'm not going to tell you who is who because <laughs> it, 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 it's, like, hard to pick between those two. I mean, I've seen them both play multiple times over the past se- couple of seasons, and and uh, if, if either of them have gotten better at all this season, which I imagine they have, it's 
it's just scary. Uh, both of them are incredibly athletic. Both of them, like you said, it's just thunderous hits. Yes, yes. That's a good way to describe it. You know, and, and they have a lot of good teammates around them, too. So defenses can't 100% concentrate on them or they're going to get killed somewhere else. Well, if, you look at Ke- if you look at Kingsley's Austin DeWeese, that was another one that was she she stepped up after Leffler went out and was just rocking the ball and she's she's definitely much taller than a lot of the girls out there but she was a good 12 14 inches up above some of these uh girls on the other side of the net and when like literally you could tell when she went up she knew the quarter size spot on the floor she was hitting it and it was they couldn't even get to it because she was putting it down so hard they weren't even getting hands on and having to go off it was just hitting the floor well, speaking of the comparison between Martin and Leffler, I just I know the volleyball is light, you know it's not it's not like you're swinging at a basketball over the net, but I, man, I'd be surprised if they don't bloody somebody's nose by the end of the season. One of them, they might have already done it. <laughs> they, yeah, they may have. In practice, you don't always hear what happens in practice. You know, it, it, not a game practice. Getting back to Leffler real quick. Reports that we've gotten from Kingsley head coach Dave Hall sounds like she's going to be out a couple of weeks, which, based on maybe the initial reaction of the injury, they're probably pretty thankful that that's the, that's the diagnosis. So, you know, will the injury, <clears throat> will the injury impact Leffler's candidacy for this award? I guess I would say it's too early to tell. There's still a lot of season left to play. Uh, but it is good news to have heard that sounds like she'll be back sooner rather than later. And yet another player taking the Jake break. (laughs) (laughs) And then then the next match they played after that, Maddie Byes got hurt too. Really? She's supposed to be out for two to four weeks. Their setter. But But then they called up their JV setter with, she got one practice in with the varsity, comes in in a tournament, leads them to a a pretty good finish in a, a Division I tournament. And I don't know, dishes out like over 100 assists or something like that in her first action on varsity at all. And that surprised me because when I did talk to Hall, you know, after Leffler, and they only really have a couple of hitters, so with them taking more injuries, thank God they got off into a pretty hot start because it gives them a little bit of wiggle room here to kind of figure out what they got to do with the rest of the team. Yeah, well, I mean, they still got Deweese, yeah. Bowman, J.C. King. I mean, so they got, they got other good athletes. Another couple of names at or near the top of our list, Traverse City Central's Maggie McCrary and Traverse City St. Francis's Molly Mirabelli. They're summer travel volleyball teammates, and they're both signed to play collegiately at Division I Miami of Ohio. James, I think you've done both of those recruiting stories. You've probably had a little more one-on-one interaction time with those girls. You know, where do, where do they stack up against lower Michigan-class volleyball, but certainly equal talent in Leffler and Martin. I, I would say that pretty much any team probably in the state would gladly take either of those players. Um, and Traverse City has had a really good run in the last four or five years of producing Division One volleyball players. That's uh, five or six at least, just in the last few years, just from Traverse City schools. And, uh, you know, McCrary and Mary Barley add to that. Um, another player that I would throw into the, uh, to the possible... Um, mid-season player of the year would be Ella Siddle. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. She's been banged. Allie Martin's up. teammate in Leland. Yeah, she was banged up a little bit too early in the season, but uh, she's been have another player that has a, a major impact around here. That mid-season player of the year rundown for boys soccer and volleyball brought to you by Jimmy Johns. We've got a really brief bulletin board this week. 
in regards to Red Wings training camp being held at Center Ice in Traverse City. Camp concludes on Tuesday, probably the first day that this podcast is available to listen or download from recordeagle.com, soundcloud.com, slash the get around, and iTunes. But Jake, you were at Center Ice today. You can check out his coverage in tomorrow's Record Eagle or at recordeagle.com for some news about Justin Ablicator, who returned to training camp after the birth of his son. We've got goalie battles and young guys looking to make the team, so make sure you check out those stories online or in the print edition. Now I would like to welcome in Traverse City West running back Alan Rosa, who carried the ball for 88 yards against the Trojans on Friday night. I'd like to welcome in Alan Rosa, Traverse City West running back into the Get Around Podcast studios at the Record Eagle. He comes in fresh off the Titans' 21-14 win over Traverse City Central in last Friday's Patriot game at Thurlby Field. And today, you're joining us after practice. You uh, you went you went from star player in the game to water boy today, I heard. <laughs> yeah, um, they were just making sure that I had uh, all my fluids were correct and um, we just weren't taking any risk after the game. So Yeah, because you had... Um, well, you, you suffered some dehydration, yeah, some cramping. Yeah. You, you passed out after the game, threw yeah. up on the sideline. I mean, it was a – I don't know how you had time to run for 88, 88 <laughs> yards. Man, the, uh, I tell you what, the linemen were just blocking their butts off um, Friday night, and uh, it was looking pretty uh, pretty grim, pretty bleak at uh, halftime, but we just came together and uh, just grinded out a win. It was a big, big win for us, So, um, especially coming off of two tough like road losses. Um, it just showed the character of our team. Let Let's start there. That coming out in the second half, yeah. I mean, Central scores fourteen points in about two and a half minutes yeah. to take a lead that you guys had held almost the whole right. first half. Right. What's the mindset there coming out? The mindset was just everything that we were doing offensively was pretty much. I mean, we were pretty much having our way. Um, we just had to keep you know reading our keys and uh, on defense, and then. Uh, just offensively just keep pounding and pounding and eventually the the dams would break and uh, I guess they did. And after, after that first couple of drives that Central had, what was it that you guys kind of changed a little bit defensively to uh, to kind of minimize Tobin Schwanicky? Um So I know that you know they, they hit a couple big plays inside, um, a couple big re- receptions they had, so our corner started uh, um, just playing stronger to the inside more on those like uh, post routes and stuff. They started hitting those pretty bigly. And then um, just in terms of over the over-pursuit on, like, his QB draw plays, you know, like, he would – it wasn't that we were in the wrong spot. It was just we were there maybe too fast or too slow. So just uh, being disciplined on the defensive line, and um, I guess it worked out. <laughs> I mean, obviously the game is huge. 10,000 people show up there, not just for the game, of course, the ceremonies honoring the veterans and the military personnel and first responders. But how do you how do you go about keeping your emotions in check? I mean, basically that entire week, and then I would think game night, it's even crazier. Oh, man, you're asking me this question. <laughs> um, man, I was thinking, I've been thinking about this game for so long, not just the, the past week. Um, I had to sit out the entire season last year and just uh, after the playoff loss that we had to these guys. I mean, they're, they're a really, really, really good team, and it was a really, really tough physical game. And... Um, 
you got to give those guys credit for balling out. But uh, dang, I just before the game I got so so hyped. I just I think maybe that could have led to me passing out. But just keeping our emotions in check was just a huge huge thing, um, especially when there's a little bit of John going on because it's a rivalry game. And uh, so, nobody you know, jaws do they? No, no, that, <laughs> that never happens. Um, just. We had to really uh, stay disciplined, and uh, I think I don't think we had too many penalties. I think we had maybe like one or two, which is good, I guess. <laughs> Better than the week before. I did see one point. I think it looked like Odin was uh, jawed a little bit with Toby. Yeah, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna um, throw him under the bus, but there was a couple times where I heard the referee out there um, yelling him just once or twice, and uh, I tried telling him, you know, just. Try not to get yourself kicked out of the game because we need you. <laughs> we so, definitely need you. So what was the what was the best piece of trash talk you heard that you can share on the Um the best one was I've heard it just every time and I don't wanna make either team look bad. But there was a couple times where I carried the ball for I don't know, I would say a pretty good gain, and then I would hear the defense say, You're going nowhere. So that was kind of just like ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point I mean, at what point did you kind of start feeling off as ter- in terms of your dehydration or, or um, where you were? Because, I mean, I, I can't remember exactly. I remember I've got it. to hear how many, how many total carries you had. Hold on, I think it was 15, I think. Yeah. I yeah, you had, fi- you had 15 carries in that game. At what point yeah. did you start feeling weird? Um, I remember it exactly. I wasn't even on the field. Um, it was There was eight seconds left in the first half, and I believe, I don't know if it was before they scored to go up 13, or, um, 12 to 7. Or after, but I was like, ah, my legs start, my legs started to cramp really badly, and everyone's like, what is it? What is it? And I was like, ah, just cramping, and then um, I just heard the whole sideline just roar, which is like an amazing adrenaline rush. And then we got into um, the locker room, and they were rubbing me out, and put we put some ointment on it, and they were just like, keep stretching, keep stretching. And then I was good to go for about I don't even remember what drive it was, but then I went down, and <laughs> it just hurt so bad again. But nothing was gonna, I mean. I didn't want to come out of the game. So, how much? I mean, how much water or Gatorade did you did you pound throughout the course that's, of that game? That's the thing is like, I thought that I was. I don't know if it's just because I was so fired up. I I had drank like, I started hydrating like the day before, and then um, during warmups, I just covered my just doused myself in water because it was so so hot on the field, and then it cooled off later that night. But um, I was just drinking water all throughout the game, and then even after I started to cramp. I started to just down, like, even more, and then I think that could have led to what made me throw up. <laughs> <laughs> so so what was, uh, Joe Esper and I, I think, were debating on the sideline whether it was pasta or chicken noodle soup. It was definitely chicken noodle soup, <laughs> for sure. We had that for team dinner. We had chicken noodle soup and, uh, like, turkey and ham sandwiches. So. Okay, well, Joe Esper wins. <laughs> Dang. So at the, at the risk of being too graphic, I mean, was it uh, did it taste as good coming up or, or did it kind of lose <sighs> some of that? I suppose a little bit of Gatorade mixed in. It was, it was a little. It was yeah, odd. a little bit of water, a little bit of Gatorade. Um, it did not taste as good. No, it definitely <laughs> wasn't. Um, well, that's probably what the cook wants to hear. Yeah. <laughs> but then after, so then after the game, you guys, you know, they knock down the pass. Everybody rushes the yeah. field. You're rushing the field. Yeah. And uh, when when does it start hitting you yeah. during the celebration? That man, I maybe I don't feel so good. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, during the celebration, I just got, I was really emotional um, just because it's a huge, huge win for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, just everything, um, I put, like, everything I had in the game, and I think all of our guys did. 
and that's good. Um, I think it was after the adrenaline started to wear off a little bit, maybe like 10, 15 minutes after the game. Everyone was trying to get pictures, and um, I started. Everyone says I started like wobbling, and like I, I remember dry heaving a little bit, and then I ran back into the locker room, and then I just uh, collapsed, I guess, in the locker, and they had to cut my jersey off of me and stuff. So does that mean you're gonna have a new number going forward? Well, uh, this week, yeah, I think Coach Vaughn told me that they might order me, or they are in the process of ordering me a new like road jersey. Um, and obviously we're on the road in Alpena this week, so I'm probably going to have to, it's probably not going to be here, but. And so they, they, they pulled up the ambulance to the gates and they, they took you out in the ambulance, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. So how, how long did your night last as far as being in Munson? Yeah, that was, that was the part that was annoying. I didn't get to really celebrate the win with the team. Like, I think everybody went to Buffalo Wild Wings or something. And, uh. No, they didn't bring you any food? No, no, man. No, they didn't. Um, I, I had gas station food after the hospital at like 3.30 a.m. Oh. They released me, so. <laughs> so they just pumped you full of IV fluids? Yeah, and... they pumped me like two IVs, and then I went to the gas station after and bought like 10 Gatorades and three, four, five big things of water. <laughs> so That was my weekend. <laughs> maybe your experience kind of answers this question, but... You know, when it comes to big games and putting forth that type of effort that the Patriot game requires, you know, you'll hear people say, you know, why can't they play that hard all the time? Mm-hmm. You've played in that game. You know what that's like. What makes it so difficult to replicate that kind of energy and effort on a week-to-week basis? So for for that game, it's just everything that goes into it. I mean, there's, what, 10, 12,000 people there. Both student sections are rocking. Obviously, it's a gigantic game, especially for us because we're one and two. You know, if we lose this game, we're on the outside looking in in the playoffs, and uh, we're gonna have to win out. And you know, it's not impossible; just a really, really tough task. And uh, for this game, oh man, I just I saw my opportunity, and I just I got. I guess I just made the best of it. And for our guys, we definitely we're gonna have to play just as hard, if not harder, from the for the weeks moving forward. Because I mean. We're two and two, but we're not out of. I mean, we got we got some work to do. So, for a split second during the game, where you, I mean, you missed you missed your junior year games against them yeah. because of the injury. Yeah. And then for a split second in this game, when you started cramping up, was that thought of maybe this is not cramps, maybe I'm hurt? No, maybe I, I definitely because it, it was my calves. I definitely knew it was like my calves were just bulging. You know those calf cramps that you get, mm-hmm. and it was just awful. It sucked, but um, they were just like you know. Um, you can sit out or we can just rub them and stretch them and, and you can tough it out. And I was like, well, I'm sitting out. It's really an option. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> watch from where I was watching, I mean, you know, normally when a player cramps up, you yeah. know, they start doing the stretches and everything. Yeah. Every- the way you were leaving the field, I was like, I was like, oh, maybe he might hurt his knee. Yeah, no, everyone thought it was my knee <clears throat> just because it, um, it was on my legs and the way that it w- they were just like hurting. Um, they were just super, super, super tight, and I was just, that's the only way I could run to where it felt comfortable. And then um, on the sideline, I just kept using the wall as a stretch, so. Was, it, was there something that you were having to, like, tell yourself during the game to kind of keep your mind off of it, or was it, or what was what was that like? Um, that we, we had to win, and I basically had to do, like, whatever, um, whatever I had to do to help our team contribute. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was just kind of like, it wasn't, I didn't have time to really think about it. It was just kind of like instinctual, like, I just got to tough it out and um, and help our team. 
What what was that game winning drive like? I mean, fourteen plays, seventy nine oh. yards, eight and a half minutes. Yeah. I think five or six different guys yeah, carried the ball. Exactly, was, and they they couldn't stop that's, you. I mean, to me, that's the definition of team um, football right there. Just five or six guys getting the ball. Anytime I would run to the huddle, I mean, everybody was just there wasn't not there wasn't too much said. It was just eye contact with everybody, and we just knew what we had to do, and um, we just. I guess we did it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you had, I mean, with what you had already gone through in that game, right? I mean, you had left the game a couple of times already with the cramp, yeah. And then you had the decorating the sideline, yeah, earlier in the yeah, with fourth the quarter, yeah. And and then you carried the ball five times of those fourteen, I think, in that car- in that drive. Yeah, what I was mean, that like for you? I wasn't really counting. I was just kind of like, we need at all costs um, to get this ball in the end zone, but at the same time. I mean, we weren't really in a rush. <laughs> yeah. We weren't trying to give Tobin the ball back. I mean, that guy does special things when he has the ball in his hand. So, I mean, our defense is really, really good, but at the same time, we don't want to give him too many opportunities. With the way the last two games have gone, you mentioned those two tough road losses. I mean, is the it was the mindset of the team on that final drive anything but we're going to score and win this game, or did you have to fight some, yeah. of, some of that? Definitely, I think during the drive, we knew that we had to, and it just felt like the momentum was there for us. Just from, I mean, we were driving it in the first drive of the second half, and then the fumble happened, so we felt like, you know, we moved the ball pretty well on these guys. So we knew, like, if we just focus and just do everything that our coaches have taught us to do, then, you know, everything will work out. But definitely, I, I know I'm admittingly, um, during halftime, I was like, oh, this is looking pretty grim. You know, like, they've moved the ball pretty good on us. Um, we're not... I mean, we're down by seven, but um, we just we pull together and just uh, the mental toughness of our team. That backfield group, I, I'm, I know I'm not including everybody in this question, but specifically you, Sean, and Odin. Odin yeah. obviously carried a lot last year, but you and mm-hmm. Sean have missed time. What's the, what's the mentality of that running back group right now? And, you know, is it, is it hungry? Is it just happy to finally be healthy and on oh. the field? Or what's um, the... No, no, no. Uh, I'm extremely extremely hungry i know that sean really really is i mean he had a he was in a cast until like last week so i don't even i think he got his cast off last monday so i think it's been a week and um i know odin is just one of the most hungry competitors that i know and the even the young guys you know we got um christian boyvin but Mm -hmm. he's he's my teammate but i still don't know how to pronounce his last name um he uh he's Really got a really bright future. Um, he's a young guy. He's really good. He's a sophomore. And then, um, obviously, Aiden is, right, right. is Aiden, dynamic. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, we're just spreading the love right now. I don't think anybody on our, in our backfield is really, really um, selfish or um, just wants all the carries. And I don't think our team would be successful if we operated that way. So I think um, just four or five guys just pounding the ball really puts the other team in a really tough spot for us. So. I think that's the way we like it. And I think that's our mentality right yeah, now. Yeah, you guys proved that on Friday. Yeah. James, did you have anything before I yeah. jump into the wheelhouse? Just one other question. Um, looking forward to the the rest of the season, it seemed like things kind of really started gelling with the, you have got a whole new scheme. Yeah. Uh, this year with the new coaching, new head coach, and yeah. a new offensive scheme, uh, with things coming for, coming together the way they did in this game, mm-hmm. what do you guys? look forward to for the rest of the season um we definitely have i mean we put in some new plays today um which is cool um we definitely 
have to sure up our. I mean, I know I made a ton of mistakes in Friday's game, and I know a lot of we're not perfect. I mean, we're high school kids, but we still gotta um, sure up some things on offense. And then moving forward, it should be nice. I mean, we didn't throw the ball. I think we threw about like twice Friday, which I mean twice plus a fake punt. Yeah, but we. I mean, we didn't really need to. Was the was the cool thing? Um, we were just running it and running it, and coaches like it's working. So let's stick with it. But um, as far as the rest of the season goes, I'm super excited. We should pull some stuff out that I've been waiting for. Um, so we got a lot of plays that we just really didn't even run at all on Friday's night game. Or in Friday's night game that I thought we might have to. But, um, yeah, it should be exciting. Awesome. All right, so the wheelhouse, five rapid-fire questions. What's your favorite school lunch? Oh, um... Definitely the uh, chili cheese dogs with the pretzel browns. Really good. Every Friday, actually, they have them. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, quote or verse that you rely on or that kind of motivates you on a day-to-day basis? Um, man, this is a tough one because I see so many quotes that I'm just like, yeah, I got to write that one down. Um, can, I, can I get back to this? One? Yeah, sure. Cool. Morning person or night owl? Definitely night owl. I'm not a morning <laughs> I, I used to be a morning person. Especially um, Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I used to get up early and grind a lot. And I still get up early. I'm just in the morning. I'm just a zombie. So. <laughs> uh, favorite movie actor or actress? Oh, man. Um, gosh, this is a tough one. Probably Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Probably. Okay, what's one. your favorite film? Favorite film? For, of, of his. Uh, of his? We're going to say uh, Django Unchained. Okay. Just because, I mean, it's not super PG, but. Um. <laughs> All right, another t- uh, kind of another tough one before we go back to the quote. Yeah. Who, who's, the, who's the best player in the BNC? Oh, man. In the BNC? Yeah. Outside of TC West. Outside of your Yeah, that's when. Uh, I got to say probably, probably Tobin um, outside of West. That's, that's who I'd go with. Um, to be honest with you, I don't really pay a lot of attention to like stats and like other players from other teams, other or, or like their names. So like I know they're obviously the central guys. We've played each other, I and mean, we've played all the other guys since we were freshmen and stuff. But the central guys, we've known them since we were in like sixth grade, and mm-hmm. we know those guys pretty well. But um, in terms of other teams, we just really pay attention to their numbers and what they're sure you know what they do. So. Probably, definitely Tobin. He's a really, really good player. All right, so that quote or verse, if you can uh, pick a one. Probably, it's not, this is probably like the oldest, cheesiest one, but um, it's not the, uh, it's not the su- the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. So. All right. Yeah, that, hey, that's, that's, an, that's an oldie but a goodie for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Should we not be surprised that he pounded that water pretty quickly? <laughs> <laughs> It's a yeah, small. We, it's a small. It's like ten. Yeah, we've minutes. heard the the rustling of the the bottle in the background yeah, here. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, no, that's all right. You it's, you need to fine. you need to hydrate up so that you're good to go come <laughs> come Friday. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that does it for this uh, interview. Thank you so much, Alan, for Thank you guys dropping by. It was uh, a lot of fun. A big thank you to Traverse City West running back Alan Rosa for joining us in studio at the Record Eagle on this episode of the Get Around That Conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's. 
We're about to enter class number four of the Get Around Hall of Fame. And there were a number of deserving student-athletes this past week up for candidacy for this class. Each of us has one name to throw into the hat before we vote on who gets into that Hall of Fame. I'm going to let James go first. I know there was a young golfer who no one will be surprised to hear announcing her presence. Who was that, James? Uh, that would be Traverse City West's Annika D. I don't, I don't think Ansi played in this event, but uh, Traverse City West went down to play a tournament at Bedford Valley, which is also happens to be the location of the Division One finals this year. So Spoiler getting, alert! So or getting, foreshadowing, or uh, something like that. Yeah, so they're getting a preview of that course, uh, getting everybody some experience on it, and Annika had some pretty good experience on that course, shooting a 6-under par 66. Psh, I could do that. <laughs> you no, literally wish, like... I don't even dream about shooting that low. You would have that's to pay. Way, from, that's so beyond anything I could do. You'd have to pay somebody to lie on the golf score on the scorecard for you. There's literally no way to get that good at this point. I might need mulligans to get a 66 on nine. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. there with you. But I'll definitely talk, mulligans for my uh, for my player of the week. I'll toss in Allie Martin. Did mention I got to see her really step up against Kingsley. Had 22 kills, five aces. You know, 10 of those came in the last couple of games, so I definitely think that she deserves to be a player of the week. And I'm going to throw Buckley's Callan Wildfong in there. He had two games over the course of the past week in which he scored at least three goals. He scored four times in a 6-2 win over Kingsley, and he scored three times and added an assist in a 7-4 win over North Bay. Certainly numbers deserving of mention with this Hall of Fame candidate pool. Wildfong wasn't among our player of the year rundown for boys soccer. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him, see maybe, you know, if he continues to play to that level or if him and Ridge kind of go back and forth a little bit. But we'll see. Jake, I'll kick it off to you. Who are you signing your ballot for? I have to sign my ballot for the golfer who can do what I could never do, especially on the state, <laughs> especially on the state championship course, meaning we know there's big things that come later in the year. So I'm going to go with Annika D. All right, I'll take the pressure off of Brett and just vote for Annika. So now, so now, <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. So now your vote means nothing. So now when the when the Buckley community ats me on Twitter, I'll just be, hey, take it up with James Cook 14 or at Jake Atnan. Well, I mean, what's, what's your vote regardless? I mean, don't we want to hear that? I mean, maybe. Um, probably, maybe? Pro- yeah, probably, maybe. Now he's just trying to save face. <laughs> he knows he can't. Now after he's saying that, he's like, I can't be like... Not Callan. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my vote for Callan Wildfong. Seven goals and an assist. That's that's certainly impressive in two two and zero oh fashion. Mm-hmm. But Annika D is our latest enshrinee into the Get Around Hall of Fame. She's the fourth name of our fall season, joining Onekama's Aaron Powers, Traverse City St. Francis's Danny Passanow, and Traverse City Central's Maggie McCrary. Congratulations, Annika. We'll see if her sister follows her in soon. I would not be surprised by that at all. She has to beat her first. It's happened. It's happened. Yeah, it's happened. But she has to beat her older sister before she can get put into the Hall of Fame, especially on a stage like that. Maybe Ansi wishes she had got to test out the state championship course. She said she's going for it this year, so we'll see. That Get Around Hall of Fame brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We're going to get back to our roots a little bit here with the last segment of the day, the trifecta. 
we used to do a lot of sports movie and TV talk, and we've gotten away from that a little bit lately. We're not going to go back to it strictly on a week-to-week basis, but I think we probably need to start working it in a little bit more. Maybe. Probably, probably. <laughs> Definitely. There we go. I like it. 100% certainty. That's what we need. So in getting back to our roots, we're each going to deliver our most inspiring sports movie moment. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a speech. We've done that topic in the past. Just something, I mean, think about a, think about a, a movie when there was just a scene that kind of, you know, you, you get those goosebumps, man. And you're like, oh, man. I know. I, you just, now that we talk, I, we even did a pre-show and I thought about something else, but now I just bring it up. Um, and I'm blanking on his name. But it's when the the guy gets in the car accident and Gary remember Bertier? yeah Bertier. that was what I was gonna go with Sorry. Jake I hate you you just you now just I'm gonna set, have to come up with one on the fly you shouldn't have had such a preface on uh, what gave yeah me the and, chills. Then, and then he's you and know listening about, to it on the radio or did he have about, I can't remember did he have it on the TV or no, he, or on the radio yeah. in, the, in his hospital bed yeah he had it on uh, he had it on the radio in his hospital bed God, it just gave me goosebumps right now yes, and I'm not even yes. watching it but just thinking about the brotherhood and how they rally behind that and what I used to feel when I was in football. Left side. Strong side. We had people, not quite like that, but there was an instance where somebody in our high school passed away in our in our junior year, and we all had stickers on our helmets for them, and, you know, there was a couple different people, and just knowing that loss and what it did for our team to kind of rally together, and I, I that definitely resonates with me, and I think that might have been one of the underlying ones that you just kind of weaseled out of me by giving us such a, a riveting introduction. You want me to go now because you have to I've you got to, I, to I've, redo I've got one already. I've got one, but yes, I'll let you go anyway. I'm, I'm ready to roll. So I'm going to go back to my roots since we're going back to our roots and go with uh, Miracle, which uh, of course a hockey movie. Folks, it's you like, can probably go back and listen to the first 20 episodes of the podcast and James will mention Miracle all 20 times. Maybe, maybe. Probably. Second best hockey movie of all time behind Slapshot. It's an interesting comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Both of which you have not seen. I have not seen it. I don't know why. I don't have an excuse for not seeing Miracle. I'm pretty much expecting it to be this phenomenal movie, and I keep meaning to watch it. And it, I, I, ha, I literally have the movie. I own the movie, and I haven't put it in. So anyway. You guys, you guys gave me crap for the longest time about not seeing The uh, Sandlot. The Sandlot and Remember the Titans. Yeah. And I went and watched both of them. I guess I am a movie guy or something. I was raised on just movies because the only movie, the only sports movie I haven't seen is Hoosiers. What? How See? have you not seen Jesus. that? Jesus. Okay. Okay, you're back to your roots. <laughs> you're back to your roots, James. Yeah, just, I, the, the part that gets me is the part, well, there's two parts, really. There's, there's the one after they lose the exhibition game over over in, uh, in Europe and he's making the team just do the, the laps and... Just continues to say again, 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 and the assistant coach is kind of like mayor. the assistant coach is just kind of looking at him like you know you're you're killing him, and he just keeps going again and again. Think you can win on talent alone, gentlemen? You don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Again. And then the other one is you know is the you know the big speech. Uh, I don't know because I haven't seen the movie. But look, look at me. Yeah, yes. You, you the big know. speech. You don't know. Yes. The big speech where he asks everybody who they play for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody keeps saying, 
you know, like I play for Boston Mama. University yeah. or the Minnesota. Yeah. You know, no, you play like for that. Team USA. That's what finally one of the guys says. I for play sure. for the United States of America, and you know, the rest is history. The rest is tears. <laughs> All right. It it only took me a second to uh, find my next one, and actually, I I think I might like it better than my original thought. Um, you know, before you stole Gary Bertier and remember the Titans from me, Jake. But you know, it's it's not the original. Uh, but a, a still, a, a, considering you're talking about a sixth, seventh movie or whatever, and the main actor is aging, the uh, the little speech that. Rocky gives his son in Rocky Balboa just about, you know, how life hits you, and and it's not about how hard you got get hit; it's about getting back up after the fact. And man, that that one that one gives me goosebumps every time. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are; it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. They might even show like a montage of all the guys hitting him in the face. Nothing over the better movies. than a Rocky montage. Man. Montage of just, you know, <laughs> Apollo no. Creed hitting him and then Ivan Drago hitting him and no. then Mr. T hitting him. No, no movie or television series does montages better than Rocky. And I'm really looking forward to Creed 2, by the way. Oh, that was the first Creed was a great movie. Michael B. Jordan killed that movie. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that if we had Harrison on here, we would have some sort of uh, Mighty Ducks reference. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. sure. But he's not here, so he can't tell us. You can tweet at us at TCRE Sports. I'm at BA Sports Writer. James at James Cook 14 or at Jake Atnip. Let us know what you think is the most inspirational sports movie moment. I know Harrison will do that for us. He'll probably be the first, and we appreciate it. But he hopefully won't be the last. Yes, that. That wraps up episode 49 of the Get Around Podcast. Please don't forget to tweet or share this episode in order to get your chance to win two Jimmy John's subs. This episode of the Get Around, sponsored by Jimmy John's two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies, because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Thank you all for listening, for tuning in, for tweeting, sharing, getting engaged with us. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode moving forward. And don't forget, next week's episode, our special 50th episode of the Get Around Podcast, has a special Detroit Red Wings guest, and we're going to give away a signed puck from the sit-down that I had with Andreas Athanasiu. So really excited about that. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.